Well, happy Monday morning. We are inching closer and closer to that Super Bowl. Uh, I was uh, looking at the sights and sounds. Well, more so the sights, I should say, as uh, our guy Bill Michaels is out there with Grant Bills. We love you, Grant. Of course, Mike Clemens out there uh, with him as well. I know they got a couple other. Uh, I, know, I know Bill's um, um, lady, Kristen, is out there with them. And um, there's another uh, booker that they have. Um, Erica, her name, is with uh, the Bill Michaels uh, Express out there. But Grant Bills and Bill Michaels and Mike Clemens, what a ragtag crew out there, Radio Row in Las Vegas. Absolutely incredible with the, some of the pictures I've seen as uh, they were experiencing the sights and the sounds. Uh, some down at Fremont Street, um, Old Vegas. Uh, Grant outside of the Golden Nugget saying he's going to put it all on Wisconsin uh, basketball last night. Also having his Wisconsin Badger basketball shirt he was repping out there. Uh, out on Fremont, and uh, I think they're out on the Strip as well, but mostly I saw them checking out Fremont, which is so much fun. But, yeah, they're going to be out there all week as, again, Chiefs versus the Niners in the Super Bowl coming up here on Sunday. So we got one big week, and then before you know it, football is over as we're just kind of you know, then uh, what waiting for the draft upcoming and then you pontificate what's going to happen with the bad, or the excuse me, the Packers and their um, – you know, free agents. So excited to hear everything because Radio Row looks uh, so awesome. They're going to grab so many cool guests, so many cool people that are walking around because it's it's just like everyone that is out there uh, for Radio Row for every year of the Super Bowl. I remember one time, uh, if you remember Plaxico Burris, the wide receiver who once yes shot himself in the leg, he <laughs> he started his own sock company. And in that sock company, um, uh, it might have been on the Bill Michaels show, maybe it was Jim Rome show, where they were interviewing him about his sock company. By the way, it is now defunct. Uh, he shot himself in the leg in that one, too. As I don't know how much money you got in the sock game, but yeah, Plax comes. So you get that, and you get a bunch of old-timers walking around, and you get a bunch of the newer guys as well. So very excited for everything um, coming up here. Uh, with Bill and Grant in his first time in Las Vegas. Love me some Vegas. But over the weekend that was here in Wisconsin, man, we had a great weekend. I hope everyone else had a great weekend as well. There was uh, some highs and some lows. We'll start with some lows. Last or yesterday afternoon, I should say, um, Wisconsin basketball. The six-ranked Badgers taking on the number two Purdue Boilermakers. If, I mean, Gardo and his club, they jumped out to an early lead. Um but the Boilermakers went ahead uh, 18 to 17 around the 10 minute mark because of Braden Smith in the first half, and they never trailed again. Wisconsin did make a couple of late runs. Uh, you know, Tyler Wald, some buckets, about five minutes left in the game. But the Boilermakers just kept seeing it through. Uh, there were some dramatics at the end, obviously, trying to get it with that uh, full court pressure. There was a little steal. Uh, there was a big possession, though, when the Badgers back-to-back just, just couldn't find the bucket, and Connor Asijin jacked up this beyond Seth uh, Steph Curry range three-pointer that you're just like, what are you doing, dude? And then for the uh, minutia of it all, I mean, Tyler Wall led the way, 20 points, seven rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks. Wall had a nice game. Wall had a nice game. Another big guy, Stephen Crawl, eight points, five rebounds, foul trouble, though, kept him. Kind of in check, which was uh, impacted the game, and it was better than his one point game that he had against Nebraska later or uh, earlier in the week. Excuse me, because Stephen Crawl needed to have some kind of fire in his belly and have a bounce back. I I don't know how big of a bounce back game it was. Again, it's better than one point, but when you're going up against Zach Eady, the seven foot four lurch, 
that's tough. And how many times were you watching that game and Zach Eady was just like, oh, you're just tearing your hair out. The dude doesn't even have to jump to block a shot. Doesn't even have to jump to put the ball in the cylinder. Um, and then there's A.J. Storr. A.J. Storr was tough. And I don't, when I say tough, I don't mean tough as in like he was flexing on him and doing – the game was tough. 14 points, but it took him 15 shots to get there. He even got benched by Greg Gard. Uh, what, final about six minutes left of the game. And that's why he saw a little more of Seijin. But A.J. Storr, for as great as this guy has been, and he was looking good, you know, start of the game, and that's when the Badgers were up. But, you know, they, they play a whole game for a reason. But, man, the Badgers and A.J. Storr, that 14 points but 15 shots to get there, it was a struggle uh, watching him. Again, Zach Eady is a game changer down low. He changes a lot of things. And it made the Badgers not be aggressive. And when I'm not talking aggressive – the Badgers just did not want to get to the free throw line there at the end. The Badgers kept settling for jumpers, settling for three-pointers that just were not going in. It was like the second half of that Nebraska game where all of a sudden it started snowballing on them. So you look at the Badgers with 3 of 19 from three-point range, and they went 0 for 11 after halftime. I know, again, Zach Eady, seven foot four, the seven, ten and a half foot wingspan is a game changer down low. But when you are in Big Ten play, you got to go down there and bang low and get to the free throw line. And that was the thing that doomed the Badgers against Nebraska uh, earlier last week on Thursday, is they couldn't get down low and have any, they didn't get any free throws. Hell, Nebraska had three left to give in the final couple minutes of the game, which is almost unheard of. So you look at Purdue, right? They went 18-23 uh, from the charity stripe. Badgers 12-14. They kept settling for three-pointers, and they were shooting 15.8% from beyond the arc. That is not going to win you games in the Big Ten if you don't stay aggressive. And aggressive is exactly what they were not. Again, it's you look at that, you look at 15.8%, and you think to yourself, why not drive to the rack? Again, Zach Eady, seven foot four, seven ten and a half foot wingspan. I understand it. the the freakazoid, the mongoloid doesn't even have to jump to block the shot, but you can drive in and make him get some foul trouble. It was uh, tough to watch. Now Max Klesman continues to stay hot. Uh, he was big. He shot fifty percent. He was two of four. I mean Klesman uh, hit some timely points. I mean uh, buckets when needed. Ten points all of them in the first half. And then Chucky Hepburn finished six points, one of six shooting and five assists. Chucky Hepburn, ah, the offense, man, is uh, where is it coming from from Chucky? Because it is uh, it's non-existent right now. The Badgers, it was a hard-fought game. It's just the better team won, and Wisconsin is a really good team, don't get me wrong. They're going to drop out of the top ten now probably after losing, well, most likely after losing to Nebraska and then falling to Purdue. But Wisconsin losing... Twice last week. That's tough. They are now uh, a game out of first place in the Big Ten. Purdue sitting there top, and Illinois is nipping at their heels. Illinois is a game, sorry, a half game back. And I was watching Illinois Nebraska last night. Nebraska man had a chance to go on the road and take down number fourteen Illinois. They took it to overtime, uh, where finally the fighting line I saw through. But Nebraska, who the Badgers lost to on Thursday, Nebraska is not a bad team. Nebraska. They can play. They can ball, especially at home, which you know the Badgers fell victim to. But they almost went on the road and took down number 14 Illinois last night. 
Badgers, unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, saying big bounce back game after losing to Nebraska. Uh, we got a little Cole Center magic. Just, it was tough. But the weekend itself was pretty nice. You go look at Wisconsin hockey, and we were talking about this last week and the week before leading up, as this is a huge weekend. Wisconsin hockey, it's the first time since 2006 that Minnesota and Wisconsin were ranked in the top 10. Well, Friday night, unfortunately, Bucky did fall 2-1 to one in overtime. It was electric, though. But then Saturday, they got it back. 1-1, one to one, tied, goes to shootouts, and Wisconsin gets it done and sends a raucous, sold-out Cole Center to its feet for people to feel real good about this hockey program. And then Wisconsin women's hockey, too. They had a St. Cloud State in who was ranked 16th in the country. And St. Cloud State uh, Badgers, Lady Badgers beat them 2-1 to one in overtime on Friday. And then 5-2, to two, uh, excuse me, on Saturday, then 5-2 to two on Sunday. So we got some nice winning for Wisconsin. Unfortunately, it was our Wisconsin basketball team that uh, sadly couldn't see it through. I was actually at Silver Eagle watching the game on... Sunday yesterday, uh, Wisconsin basketball. And I was watching it with a certain individual. I had a friend in from Missouri, our guy Becker. And who came in to watch the game with us is our guy Rowdy. So I got to hang out with Rowdy on Sunday yesterday. We watched the Badger basketball game together. He got me recapped on his, uh, his trip to Florida, how fun it was, and just talking, you know, um, reminiscing on the show and, you know, what maybe the future holds for him. But, yeah, Rowdy uh, doing well. We had some drinks. He had a burger. Watch the Badgers, unfortunately, take an L. But we had a good time uh, yesterday. It was fun. All right, let's open up the phones. We got Super Bowl today, by the way. Uh, we got uh, some Brewers news. We'll get into some Packers, Chiefs, Niners, obviously. All kinds of good stuff to start you off on your week. And again, where I started the show, I can't wait to hear the stories of Grant Bills with Mike Clemens and Bill Michaels in Las Vegas. I mean, how awesome is it, RJ, as uh, you're a season ticket holder for Wisconsin hockey, just to see a a, a rocking, rocking barn at the Kohl Center and Minnesota comes in. I know they won Friday night, but for Badgers to uh, do it in a shootout, tied 1-1, get that extra point, went in the shootout. I mean, the place was electric. How awesome is it to see a sold-out Kohl Center for Wisconsin hockey? I, I, I honestly wish I would have been there. Um, you had commitments for coaching wrestling. Yeah, well, wasn't going to make it back in time, uh, so I turned the tickets on over to a couple of buddies who Jeff? are yeah. Uh, so Jeff looked like he had a good time. Yeah, who are lifelong uh, ho- hockey players, hockey fans, and uh, the thank yous I got during the game. Even I was like, they were like, "It's rocking." It's like it was, and you can drink there now. Yeah. Um, it's like it was when they remember going to games during the last run for the national championship at 06, uh, even making the championship game in 2010. But it, it was like, it was the WCHA days and I, I'm pretty sure the opponent being Minnesota helped. Oh yeah. Cause honestly, if it wasn't, they weren't going to be opening up the third deck anyway. No. And that thing um, was packed, dude. That was yeah, packed. And they're like, like even listening or watching on BTN plus you could hear the crowd, you could hear the buzz. Um, and glad they got, uh, the extra point for overtime, uh, getting the tie, but the loss there. Mm -hmm. And then on Monday you get the extra point in the, in the shootout. Um, you won the season series versus uh, Minnesota for the first time in four seasons. I think I saw it's amazing. It's awesome. Um, and you're still second place, uh, with a series behind Michigan State 
So they have two more games uh, in conference than us right now. Um, eventually, I don't know when Michigan State's next break is mm-hmm. where they don't have a at least conference games. Uh, so you're five points behind them. Hopefully, uh, whenever that weekend is, you can make it up and get a sweep. So you're you're sitting there. Um, and in first place, by the time you play them again uh, in the final series of the at home, hopefully they'll open it up for that. Because I think uh, this weekend is Notre Dame, uh, and then you're on the road until Michigan State comes back. And the thing here is, you swept everybody mm-hmm. in conference play except Michigan State. You got swept. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you have a target on your back here. Uh, the turnaround is incredible. Yeah, the turnaround is incredible from Mike Hastings, and, and we're we're sitting here talking to Barry and a, a couple of other former players who we've talked to, or Barry said he talked to, uh, and when they met Hastings, it was the accountability. Yeah, that was the biggest thing: is accountability, the accountability for and the structure for the program, and because he wasn't really changing any of the players, really. I mean, this no, was play, this, he brought like Barry said, he brought in three of his guys from. Um, uh, Mankato. Uh, other than that, we're dealing with the same people. He, yeah, and the accountability lost, is the biggest. They thing. lost two guys from the recruiting class that was like almost double digit players. Yeah, but I mean, you needed an influx of talent here, um, and it. So this recruiting class is still basically Tony Granados. Yeah, um, and we saw that. In the presser uh, for the welcoming Hastings, um, that Granado's done a great job. The talent is here. I'm just, and he's not. He's didn't put them down in any way, shape, or form. No, it's just like voice. for some reason it didn't work. Yeah, and yeah, um, Mike some- Hastings. I mean, he's never had a losing season wherever he's been. No. I got a cool uh, clip from Hastings coming up. A little um, little factoids here. Uh, it was the third game in a row that the Badgers played overtime. So a lot of uh, a lot of extra hawk. The Cole Center sold out for the first time since uh, 2019 and the 46th time overall for a men's hockey game. And that sellout Saturday marks the highest attended college hockey game for the entire 23-24 season for any team. 15,359 people. Did you say the highest? Yeah, it marks the highest attended college hockey game of this season. And that's what the Cole Center is. When this team, when when this program can be where it has been historically, the the fan base is rabid enough that that place gets enough knowledgeable hockey fans. The the occasional and the I don't want to say the, you can say the, casual, the uninitiated ca- casual hockey fan who's well, just there to root for the Badgers, yeah, and will be that person that taps you on the shoulder and be like, "What was that whistle for?" That, that, that kind but of that's is the like thing me. About, that's that, like me. That's kinda. the thing about yeah. hockey fans, though. They won't be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. They'll be like, "Hey, welcome on in." Uh, that was offsides. Uh, that whistle. Right there, it's icing. This is what icing yeah. is. Oh, like and I know the rules. I'm, I'm more than a casual, but it's like you know, you're, you're a diehard. I mean, hell, you have season tickets. For me, I'm I, I still struggle with like, right, who the hell's on the ice now? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a line change. Can you? All right, who's on the ice now? So Mike Hastings, uh, before I get the phone call, he had this to say afterwards, uh, thanking everyone that came out. It's really cool. I know there were multiple times tonight that might have been sitting on their seat thinking it was going to go the other direction, but they hung with us. You know, th- th- this place because they're in it makes it special 
right? It's a beautiful building. There's an awful lot of seats in it, but it's a different place when it's full. And for anybody to think that they didn't have an impact on tonight's game uh, this weekend is crazy. Because I think they make it a special place, and I'm glad that they could walk out of here with a smile on their face because we appreciate them being here. That's awesome. I mean, go back just um, even last season, RJ, when you'd look at the barn, it'd be like, no one there. I mean, you barely had people sitting in the second bowl. Yeah, I mean, it was a ghost town. And they didn't really stop people from moving down. <laughs> no. And um, that to now it's the highest attended college hockey game of, of, the, of the season. season. Yeah. It is incredible. It's, it's great. Uh, Barry Richter texted us. Hey, Barry. said, good, good hockey talk, boys. Well, Barry, you're, you're our muse. You're inspiration yeah. for it. <laughs> As, um, it's just cool to see, man, uh, the, the environment. I know Barry was there for both games. It uh, had to have been just unbelievable. What a story for the Doc Rivers era of the Milwaukee Bucks. By the way, they're now 1-3 in the Rivers era, falling last night in Utah to the Jazz, 123-108. to The Bucks had a 19-point lead. That's the NBA. That vanishes quickly, right? The Jazz outscored the Bucks 40 to 13 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But the one win that they got in the Doc Rivers era, check this out. That was a fun game to watch, by the way. At when they uh, came the back com- and beat yeah. the Mavs? Yeah. <laughs> At least during the comeback part. So they came back and beat the Mavs <laughs> on Saturday, 129 to 117. And with that win, Doc Rivers has now been named. The NBA All-Star Game coach because the Bucks had the winningest record for eligible teams up till February 4th. So Doc Rivers. What? Yeah. What? Hold on. What? D- yeah. Doc Rivers will be the All-Star coach for the NBA All-Star Game because in the East, they had the best record for eligible coaches. The reason why the Celtics coach couldn't do it because he coached it last year. So he is oh, ineligible. Okay. okay. So Doc Rivers. So having the second best record in the East gets okay. That makes sense. But he yes, so Missoula for uh, the Celtics can't because he did it last year. Which so he's ineligible. Doesn't make any makes sense. Makes no sense. I mean, it, it's like the All Star game for baseball is the two managers who were in the World Series last year. Yeah, doesn't so, doesn't matter who if you've been there before or anything like that. I think isn't that the same thing for well what the Pro Bowl was? It was the two managers who. Or the two head coaches who were in the Super Bowl the prior year? Yeah, and then it changed. Yeah, that yeah. changed. But yeah, Doc Rivers was beside himself that he was named the NBA All Star uh, game coach. But he's like, that's Adrian Griffins. You get a bonus and a ring for getting that. So Doc Rivers will be getting what do you a, get a ring for. They get, they get for everything. An All Star ring? They get a bonus and a ring. Doc Rivers, despite only coaching, then at the time it was three games. Will be yes the All Star Game head coach. <laughs> one and one and Adrian Griffin just got to be punching the the air right now, being like, I I was the All Star Game coach and I was fired. You fired me. I mean, unbelievable. Doc Rivers uh, had some comments about it. Here you go. Here's Doc uh, after the game on Saturday. <laughs> That is ridiculously bad. Uh, it, it really is. Um, well, Adrian's going to get some money, that's for sure, and a ring. Um, well, at least he's giving it to you. know, it's yeah. one of these quirky things. I think there should be a rule somehow that someone else does it <laughs> other than me. Maybe I'll send my staff and I'll go on vacation. The apprentice? <laughs> run that by Adam. I'm going to run that by Adam Silver. I think he's a, he's, you know, 
Adam's a good man. I think he'll understand. <laughs> so Doc Rivers has given his bonus and his ring to Adrian Griffin as he just said, he's just laughing. He's like, dude, it's ridiculous. I don't know the exact bonus that they get. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I'll, I'll do a little looking. Um, but it's, it's just hilarious. Yeah. Adrian Griffin fired. He would have been the all-star game coach. Yeah, I mean, give it to, let yeah, let your staff go. Kind, kind of a classy move because they've been there for the whole thing. It's not like the staff got fired. Or... Yeah, how do you not have X amount of games as a coach to be that? Uh, it's so, just I mean, ridiculous. That, honestly, it probably should be the Cavaliers head coach. But at the end of the day, you know, it's the all-star game, whatever. I mean, if you watch the Pro Bowl yesterday, you're like, this is just absurd. It's it's beyond pointless of why they're even doing the all-star or the, uh, the Pro Bowl anymore. And then the all-star game is an event as well. Like, you know, it's lost a lot of its shine, though. Yeah. I mean, the dunk contest isn't what it used to be. No, nobody wants to do it. I guess maybe like the three-point challenge might be the most exciting thing. Um, I, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, okay. I mean it's fun. So, like, you, you get to see some cool like and one kind of like mixtape stuff w- out there. One one thing I did watch this weekend was the um, NHL skills challenge. Yeah. That's still fun to watch. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but it's still like one of those, even in that. Like I mean, granted, I used to pay attention more to the NHL and still knew the stars at the time. Like some of the names like now I'm just like, who is this? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know, I don't if know it's who these people are in the summers when I was a kid uh, or, you know, you go to school, you watch sports, you go to bed, you go back to school. I didn't. <laughs> well, it's a different time when you're growing up too, right? right? You're not jaded yet. <laughs> but in the, in the doc rivers era right now. So the bucks again, lost to the jazz last night. The bucks are one and three in the doc rivers era and they've blown leads in all of those losses. There's still a figuring out process going on between Giannis and Dame time, and both of them are kind of banged up right now. And then Doc's just kind of, you know, letting it all come to him. The Bucks still are second in the East, though. Yeah. They're, but they're five games behind the Celtics. Uh, so that uh, Celtics keep, you know, building and building. But here's the thing. As long as you're a playoff team, which the Bucks are, you have superstars, you're going to be okay come uh, the playoffs. But if it keeps, you know, going this way, you're like, how long are they going to last in the playoffs? Because they're, they're kind of, they aren't kind of, they are disjointed. They just can't get offensively humming. And there's another, yeah. there's another 108 points. You got to have more than that in the, this, this day and age of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I mean, Giannis, 33 points, 13 assists, seven boards, Bobby Portis, 27. There was a little, uh, there was a little uh, heated exchange too. Malik Beasley uh, was getting it going. Uh, he had to protect Giannis over uh, Colin Sexton. As Sexton kind of elbowed Giannis in the face, it was a basketball move. It wasn't yeah. anything nefarious. And then Malik Beasley came on. Sexton was standing over Giannis, acting all tough. And then um, Beasley came over and gave him a big sh- shoulder to the chest. Uh, it was a double T, so they both got technical shots. And then Steve Novak on the call. It was pretty funny. He was <laughs> here. Replay here on the, the big screen. We'll look at it. So here's the move that started it. Sexton against Giannis. Form to the face. And obviously that's a basketball move. Giannis is out there trying to guard in the perimeter. Obviously out there moving his feet. But Sexton stands Sexton over. With a little extra something to say. No text, no nothing. Pounding his chest is still... And a flop. Beasley comes to his feet. He was a tough guy. I'm just saying a moment ago he <laughs> was a tough guy. Now he's flopping. So there you go. Steve Novak calling him up. Nope, you're acting tough. I thought you were a tough guy. Now you're flopping after Beasley puts a little shoulder... Uh, in your chest, yeah, but the Bucks. And here's the other thing too. I know one of our great listeners, J. A. Krebs, said you know, it's not a Bucks problem; it's an NBA problem right now. It's like the games just aren't fun to watch. 
And uh, it's been moving that way for a while in the regular season. Obviously, yeah. things get lifted in the postseason, but right now it's, I don't know. It's the NBA, how's the product? It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I know some people like that more than the style of college basketball. Um, God, the older I get, the more I just lean more into college basketball, too, every time. Right. I, I'm there with you. I've, I mean, because I used I've to prefer always, NBA over yeah, it. Now I've, it's just like I'm all college, dude. So I've liked college basketball better. I mean, there's some things they could probably change with it, but like, it's just the, it's like with the passion, especially when you have like players right now being upset they have to play as many games as they do. Well, they even impose that rule too. You can't rest two superstars right. uh, and on a night. Honestly. But there's some that are exempt from it, like a LeBron, for example. Yeah, uh, he's grandfathered into the old rules. But then the old rules, you still have guys go, we never had load management. We played 82 <laughs> games. <laughs> we And you have players out there who are like, this could be the first time somebody's going to an NBA game and it's the first time they might be seeing me or so-and-so play or you know yeah they well how, how many times do you see a game like this this kid traveled from australia to see insert player here and he's resting tonight and the yep. kid's crying in the stands but he gave him he gave him his shoes yeah oh <laughs> cool okay. thanks for these size 14s what yeah. am i ever gonna wear what am i, what am I gonna do with these <laughs> sell them i guess i gotta get a specially made like case to like hold these now yeah thanks, thanks. it's now cost me a thousand dollars to frame these things we bring in our sports director zach halpern good morning zachy Good morning, sir. What's up, brother? How are we living? I'm I'm living good. I'm I'm a little jealous though. Uh, looking at some of these pictures from Bill from Vegas, uh, just out there carousing Dude. with Grant and. How funny are those pictures? Like you see, <laughs> you see Bill and Mike Clemens, and then it looks like they brought their like little son with them, Grant Bills, who looks like out of place yeah. just because the age difference. RJ described Grant as the kid who was brought to Vegas but isn't old enough to do anything, so he just. <laughs> <laughs> There's. A- there's a great picture from last night of them at dinner, and it's Clemens, it's Bill, it's Bill's fiance, and uh, their producer, and they're like all like really tight, like in a booth. Yeah. And then Grant's like uh, separated from them a little bit, like maybe like two feet over, and it's like a group picture, but four of them look together, and, and then there's Grant. I know. I was I chuckled at that too, and Grant, I'm, I'm looking at the picture right now. Everyone went white wine except Grant Bills. We went with the, the red vino. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. He's just trying to be different. I, took some text. I, I got some text from him yesterday. He's, he's, he's doing all right. But uh, him, and, him and Clemens are sharing a room. Did you know that? Um, well, uh, God bless Grant for doing that then because I know Clemens has got that sleep apnea machine. <laughs> so uh, hopefully Grant's got some, uh, we, some headphones, it, some earbuds. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be electric. It's going to be electric. I, I, I think Grant's going to come back very uh, much different than when he went out there. Have so. you have you been to Vegas before and partied and stuff? Oh yeah, we went to three different bachelor parties out in Vegas, uh, and then obviously have been a couple other times, including for the bowl game yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, that's uh, speaking of awkward photos. How about the awkward photo? What was it? Uh, uh, Paul, Chris, and Herm <laughs> Edwards standing by like these showgirls. <laughs> <and it's, laughs> yeah, it's just the greatest photo ever because like. You think Paul Chris, and I don't, I don't think he could have been in a more uncomfortable position than having to do that. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, and Grant's never experienced it. I gave him some tips. Uh, I know they're on Fremont Street. So I told Grant, yeah, there's these like the, there's these ladies scandally dressed. Uh, they got like bull, they got like bull whips. They're like dominatrixes. I'm like, Grant, go take a picture with them. It costs like five bucks, but it's worth it. Maybe you get whipped by them too, a little action. I don't know what his, his girl would think of that. <laughs> Speaking of yeah, getting, she probably wouldn't like it. Speaking of getting whipped. 
Mm. Um, well, I don't know if Wisconsin got whipped. Zach, how do you uh, – is it lack of aggressiveness from the Badgers? I mean, they went, what was it, 3 of 19 shooting the three ball and then 0 for 11 in the second half. Why settle for jumpers when you can attack? Is it just solely because of Zach Eady? I mean, how many times did you see yesterday them dribble into the paint, <laughs> see the seven foot four ogre, and be like, "Nope, not going to do that." Um, they, uh, <laughs> it was it, a lot of time, a lot of dribbling in the lane and then dribbling it back out because he is. He's he's obviously a huge deterrent, but the, the the shooting is something that we've, I think, talked about earlier in the year where they were just horrible from three point shooting. They were still winning. They were still scoring a bunch of points despite not doing it and. Last night or yesterday, three for nineteen, and you're right, zero for eleven in the second half, and Tough. a lot of them were not great looks. I think you could say no. Um, so that's that to me is the the toughest thing is is the shot selection. It's not so much that they're not going in; it's you're not really giving yourself a chance with some of them, and that uh, plays a role. And also, obviously, plays a role if you're taking those not too good looks. You're also not then getting the ball inside, or at least trying to draw some contact at the rim, which they have not done very well here these last two games, and obviously both of them led to losses. They were, they were better at it yesterday, but the, the Nebraska game, they were just horrendous at it, and uh, you can't keep on taking, you know, uh, long twos or contested threes. you gotta, you got to at least make an effort to get in the paint when they did. I thought they had some success yesterday, just... It's a tough matchup. Purdue's a really, really good team. Yeah, so, that um, one three that goes into it too. Yeah, you know, I mean Purdue would go on a run, right? And they build a, a little lead, and Wisconsin would go on a mini run. And you thought maybe there'd be a, you know a little chance here, and then it would just fizzle out. I think uh, the one that really disheartened me was near the end of the game. Um, it was like two back to back like layups that they couldn't you know score, yeah. and then they kicked it out for a Seijin who was like thought he was Steph Curry. And just went up for this three. I was like that to me. It was like the backbreaker for any you know any run that would have happened. That a siege in three. I was like, what is going on there? Why don't you just attack? I just you, you know what's funny is that they they got a couple. They made runs. They made a couple different runs, right? But like the one that really stood out to me was they they got at fifty nine fifty seven. Tyler Wall had a couple of baskets, and then uh, they get they get the stops that they need, and. The first, I should say they get the first stops that they need, and then they give up an offensive rebound and pretty scores. Yeah. And then the same thing happened on the next on the next trip down too. So, uh, fourteen offensive rebounds for Purdue that they turned into twenty one points. It's a pretty big number, and it's going to be hard to overcome. And obviously, Zach Eady's a big part of it. I think he had six of the six of those. But I mean, it's going to be tough to stop Purdue if you're not giving them second chance opportunities. If you're giving them second chance opportunities, nearly impossible. What's up That's, with them? I, I, like I don't I, like I don't know if Purdue's going to Purdue in in March. They will probably will. They probably will. But that's a really really good team and uh, our team that is I think uh, very versatile and very comfortable playing in a bunch of different ways. And it's not just Zach Eady. They have some guys that can make. I mean, their guards made plays yeah. for them all night last night. Well, you had said that last week. It was you know you can't really stop Eady, so you got to stop the guys around them. And the Badgers really and didn't stop did. the guards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they they stopped they stopped Edie. I thought they did a really good. I shouldn't say stop, but they they, they were strong with Edie. Yeah. They contained him. He wasn't he he didn't dominate that game offensively. So, but yeah, Brain Smith and Jones, they're not going to not going to stop them. It's not going to matter what you do with Zach Edie. What's up with um, AJ Store? Um, I, you know, I know he had 14 points, but it took 15 shots to get there. And then was he benched for the final what six minutes of that game? 
I thought he settled. I thought he settled way too much. Um, but that, again, that's that was Wisconsin in general. Just some of the the shot decisions. Uh, it went, you know, yeah, he had 14 points. It took him 15 shots to get it, and six of those points came with the free throw line. So, yeah, um, it was. Do you, I, I don't do you, know what to make of it. I, no, here's the thing. I don't know what to make of it because it was so early in the game. I don't know exactly what the issue was, but he went. It, it, they were down. They were on. Uh, on defense and, and something like the ball went out of bounds and you, you saw him turn to the bench and like, like telling them to calm down, like telling them to stop yelling at him for some reason. I don't know exactly what the reason was, but you could see that he was upset at something and telling them to shh, like quiet. I understand it. I get it. So I think that that is certainly still part of his game that he's, he's coming along with, which is defensively, but offensively he just needs to be um, more aggressive and not settle for, bad threes and, and long twos. Yeah, so looking forward, Zach, um, you, know, you coupled that Nebraska loss with the Purdue loss, now they're a game out of first place. You know, Illinois is clipping at the heels a half game back. I watched um, uh, Nebraska almost beat Illinois last night on the road. It took it overtime and the fighting line I came through. But you look at the remaining schedule for Wisconsin, you got the worst in the Big Ten, Michigan coming up on Wednesday on the road. Well, that's Rutgers, Ohio State, Iowa, Maryland, Indiana, uh, 14th ranked now Illinois, Rutgers, and then Purdue to finish off the season. Uh, how winnable is the schedule for the Badgers moving forward uh, to maybe you know that last game of the season to have the big the shot at the Big Ten? I think it's probably unrealistic. That it's gonna, I mean, Purdue's I got a soft schedule too moving forward. Yeah, it, it's going to be. I mean, and again, they've their their losses on in the in conference are at Northwestern and at Nebraska, two places that other teams have obviously struggled at as well. Uh, look, these next two games are I don't want to say call them must wins, but Michigan's the worst team in the conference. Rutgers has struggled uh, largely this year. We still obviously have Illinois uh, and then at Purdue. I, I don't think they're going to be in the running uh, when they go to Purdue for the net, for the for the conference title. Largely because I don't think Purdue's going to lose mm-hmm. again, and, and more maybe they just lose once more. But I think that there's some other uh, losses, especially if Wisconsin doesn't turn things around here a little bit, that there is going to be. Um, it, you're looking probably at five. Four, five, um, no, f- five, six conference losses as opposed to what it looked like it was going to be. But, um, but really, they, they should have beaten Nebraska. Yeah. That, that's just <laughs> straight up what it should have been. And they're probably going to rue the day that that, uh, that, that happened because I think it's going to cost them in, um, at the end. But yeah, these next two games are, and at Rutgers is never easy, but you got to beat Michigan and you got to beat Rutgers. You just have to. Is there any panic setting in it all, or is it just hey, you just played the second team in the uh, in the country in Purdue? Like the, the Badgers, they they what they have like five, they have four or five turnovers yesterday, so they're kind of fixing the turnover stuff. Is it just be more aggressive moving forward, and it'll, all will be okay? I think I'm still a little scarred from last year, <laughs> where you know, like things can can kind of tumble things can kind of, you know, go downhill quickly. But the last time they lost two straight this season, they went on a, on a pretty good run after that. Right. I mean, they, they lost to Tennessee and they lost to Providence and then they went and, and didn't lose again for uh, six games. So I, th- there is, I, I don't think they're going to be panicking, but lose on Wednesday night at Michigan. And yes, the panic button will be in, will, will be pressed. Very much so. Ooh. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Um, Zach, just not on the Badgers front, but uh, just the week that is, and we you know, started the segment with Alenda with it. 
How you feeling about the Super Bowl, man? You getting stoked up? Mm. A little, little Chiefs, little Niners. How you feeling about this one? You excited for the game or just? Eh? There's there's two teams that I just I, I mean I, I'm not a huge never been a 49ers person uh, obviously and but the, I, the Chiefs bother you like I know there's some people that the Chiefs bother they don't bother me. Like, They've started to, just because Mahomes now has turned into this giant crybaby about everything. He always thinks he needs yeah. the call. Yeah, but, it, like, he's never, like, the, the only time that he's ever, like, truly, truly, like, freaked out was in that, was that throwback game, uh, the throwback from Kelsey to, to was it Kadarius Tony or yeah. was it uh, somebody else? Like, and then losing his mind off of that one. But, like, for the most part, he's not as big of a baby as, there, as some of these other, as some of the other quarterbacks have been. I get like maybe there's some Chiefs like just because they've been in it four times now, but they, it just it doesn't bother me. And people getting upset at Taylor Swift is funny to me, yeah, and so kind of kind of makes me want kind of makes me want them to show her even more. Just well, to, Zach, to a little spoiler for you: upset. I think they're going to. I had the Grammys on last night, and Taylor Swift won. I forget what the award was, but she said a new album dropping. It was the big news, yeah. so you're going to see more of it on uh, Sunday here with Swift. Let's go. What was it? Dead poets? I have no idea. <laughs> I just know oh, she said she had a new album coming. Right. <laughs> I'm not a she, she dropped that. She dropped that and like didn't even say thank you for the the award that she won, which I believe was like best pop album or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I, I I was watching that as well. Yeah, but well, yeah, that, they're uh, that's going to be interesting. again the game itself. I think is is fascinating, but all the stuff around it, it doesn't bother me like it no. does some people apparently. No, it's like well, I'm not going to watch. You're going to watch. You're going to watch. You it's it's what? it's fine. What? Now you're going to watch the biggest event of them all, the Super Bowl. It's happening. Um, yes. Uh, the, well, also, I don't know if you saw uh, Mahomes' front. Um, his brother, obviously, unsavory character, but now his dad got a, a third Dewey over the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I, saw, I saw that. Like, he apparently can get like two to ten years for that, like a third DUI, and in, in, I think it was, I think it was in Texas. Yeah, um, it was, yeah, yeah. So like, he can get two to ten years if convicted. I don't think we're going to be seeing Patrick Mahomes' dad in prison, but holy hell, man. Yeah, that's, that's um, a lot of sideshows going you, on. You are, your family, including you, are rich. Why are you not, why do you not have a... That's always a been the biggest thing to me is, like, get a driver, dude. Like, party all you want. Just get I, some. Yeah, I mean, if, like, I was, if I was that rich, I would, anytime that there was any alcohol involved whatsoever, there'd be a driver. Personal chef sure. and personal driver. Done. Yes, and also like a would would you have like a guy that would work you out too? Like you have a like a personal home gym where you you're so sophisticated and so I got I I got know. that on my own. Maybe I, I, I have a stylist too. I have a stylist too. <laughs> Zach, a pleasure, man. Mm. We'll talk later this week, uh, Wednesday, how about, right. or maybe after the Michigan game. We'll figure it out, baby. We'll figure it out. All right. All right, man. Now, you're the man, Zach. Much Thank love. You. Hey, no, thank you. Later. So, focusing here on Wisconsin basketball, I've been talking about like, a guard audio I wanted to get to as Greg Gard after the game talking about their loss, 75-69 to 69, to uh, the number two team in the country, the Purdue Boilermakers. Badgers just lacked aggressiveness. They were kept settling for jumpers, for threes, that just poor shot selection. And Bucky shot 15.8% from three, three and 19. They went 0 for 11 in the second half. You're not going to be beating teams. I set them for poor jumpers like that in Big Ten play, or just any team. Uh, if you live and die by the three, you're going to die by the three. I mean, you're not Steph Curry out there. You're not the Golden State Warriors hitting all that stuff. As uh, Connor Seijan pulled up for one really deep late in the game, it was kind of a backbreaker uh, there, as uh, you thought maybe they could get a little run to make things interesting. Um, didn't come to fruition, though. You know, they struggled a little bit. Um, 
And obviously, he struggled to keep Purdue off the glass. Why? There's a guy named Zach Eady. He's seven four. He's got a wingspan of seven ten and a half. Here's Gardo on that. Really, the the effort and the grit and the defensive following the game plan for the most part, I thought was really good. You know, keeping them off the glass, which is is hard to do. Some of it was Zach. Some of it was us not doing our job blocking out. You know, those couple possessions, those can be big as you come down the stretch. And- now, Purdue, um, Zach Eady didn't have the greatest of games offensively, right? I mean, Wisconsin limited him uh, to a degree. You can't, when you're 7-4 and you got that wingspan, it's hard to, it's hard to stop him. But they did kind of contain him. I mean, Eady only had 18 points. I know he was a force when he changed things around a lot. Tyler Wall was great, by the way, uh, in that game. Wall was the one that showed up the biggest. But for Purdue, uh, when we were talking last week, it was, you know, could try to contain Zach Eady. You're not really going to stop him, but it's the guys around him that you're going to have to kind of stop. That didn't happen. You know, they're guards. What, Smith with 19. You had Jones with 20. Uh, you had, you know, f- Lawyer hitting some shots, too. You had 12. Gardo says that Purdue, they're a complete team. And they're really complete. They've got a lot of pieces. We have a lot of pieces. And, but, you know, the the difference maker obviously is Zach I mean that's just you can't replicate or simulate that and uh, and when they need to you know need a bucket he hits a jump hook you know when they need a bucket he gets an offensive rebound yeah uh, every time that it was needed from Edie he was there um, and so are their guards you know guard though said for the Badgers they just weren't efficient enough offensively and you saw that AJ store struggled at 14 points but on 15 shots you know, the bench really wasn't there you know, Klesman got hot for a little bit, but they weren't feeding the hot hand. Klesman's been so hot the last month and a half. Uh, Chucky Hepburn kind of MIA as well. But, you know, offensively, Gardo says they just got to be more efficient. And then, obviously, the offensive efficiency. You know, uh, I thought, you know, three for 19. I'll go through the the quality of the shots, but I thought we took too many jump shots, didn't attack. We did at times, and we moved the needle, got to the free throw line. We're playing in the paint, doing a lot of good things, and then we go away from it. And then we come back to it, and we go away from it. And, we, and you have to be consistent in those regards. And the only thing they were consistent at was being inconsistent of shooting. It was the jump shots we were just talking about settling for his guard. It's great when they're going in, but it's fool's gold. You know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna last, and it's not gonna work over the long haul against really good team. So yes, I think why we're not shooting enough free throws is because we're taking jump shots. You're not going to get fouled on on pull up jump shots that are contested and you're likely not going to make a high enough percentage of them to make it worth it. Yeah, you got to be aggressive, and guard talks on that. Regardless of our opponent, we have to do a better job of attacking and, and not settling for pull-up jump shots and, and early threes, um, moving the ball more, getting more touches from the five guys on the floor, moving the defense, lifting it. Um, times we did it really well. You know, We were able to hit pocket passes on rollers to the rim. Steve got one. Tyler got loose on some of those. But also, at times, I thought we got jump shot happy now you combine the loss to nebraska on thursday where the badgers were up what 18 in the, early in the second half and obviously fell and it was like man you had that game like you, you got away from what you were doing and gardo talks after the game you know the targets on the back six in the country not gonna be probably in the top 10 anymore after the two losses last week but with the uh, the losing it gets your attention and it drives you i think the losing a game always you know, it, it gets your attention more, but I don't think there's anything that we have seen transpire in the last two games that we hadn't talked about before, and it's masqueraded by winning. You know, if you want to be at the highest level, you want to play championship basketball, you have to be on point. And to be on point, um, Gardo talks, you know, this team, 
They they got the skill. They got the talent. There's a reason why they're six in the country. It's ebbs and flows of a basketball season. He says they know how good they can be, but they just have to be better. Sometimes losing or taking a bump gets you out of your comfort zone a little faster. You kind of cruise in it when you're winning, you know, and maybe the lessons aren't as hard or aren't as direct. But if you, like I said, to, to these guys want to be a great team, we see where we're a little short. We, we got we to gotta fill in those gaps and, and get better. Now, earlier in the season when they lost to Penn State, it was a lot of turnovers, um, lack of defense, as the Nittany Lions put up 87 on the Badgers. That was, what, uh, middle January. And then uh, the defense struggled a little bit. I know they put uh, 91 up on Indiana, but Indiana scored 79. They were shooting the lights out. And then they corrected the turnovers. They corrected the defense as you went into Minnesota and a wild basketball game, won 61 to 59. And then you handled Michigan State. And then... Um, I went back to that Nebraska game where the turnovers, uncharacteristic shot selections, bad defense, and guard talks. You know, I like the confidence here. He thinks they're one of the best teams in the country. And, hell, they, they were ranked sixth of the nation. It's going to change when the new AP poll comes out today. But he says they are one of the best teams in the country, and they can compete with the best. Yeah, I think we're one of the best teams in the country. You know, there's And there's parity across college basketball. And you know, I've seen a lot of them now and played against a lot of the non-conference ones. Matt has as well. I, I think that's what you want. And you want to, you know, play at a high level and compete with the best, with the goal that you want to be the best. You know, it's not just about playing with them. You want to, you want to conquer them. And looking at the rest of the schedule, if you want to conquer it, you got the worst team in the Big Ten, the Michigan Wolverines, hosting the Badgers on Wednesday. And then after that, you go to the rack to take on Rutgers on Saturday. Uh, when we were talking with the sports director Zach Halpern, saying he doesn't want to say they're must wins, but it's kind of trending that way. You got to pounce on the lesser competition. You look at the rest of the schedule. It's not the toughest for the Badgers. Again, Michigan, then Rutgers on the road. You come back home uh, the day before Valentine's Day, where you got Ohio State, and then back on the road, Iowa. Then you come back home from Maryland. Then you're on the road against Indiana. Then you're back home against Illinois, who's a damn good team. Then you're on. Uh, then you're staying at home, and you got Rutgers. And then the final game of the season is the Purdue Boilermakers. Now the Badgers are one game out of first place in the Big Ten. Illinois, a half game behind them. Badgers sit at second. So the Badgers schedule, it's not the most daunting. There are some tough games in there, especially that last one against Purdue. But you go and look at Purdue's schedule. It is a cakewalk for Purdue the rest of the way if the Badgers want to win that Big Ten. I don't know if it's going to come down to the last game. Purdue has lost, but it's been on the road. They're undefeated at home. And Purdue's schedule, they have five home games in their last eight. They get Indiana, Minnesota, Ohio State, Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, Illinois, then Wisconsin to finish things out. That's when you're like, all right, can Purdue fall and help out Wisconsin as long as Wisconsin continues to win? No, they corrected the turnovers. They didn't have, what, five against Purdue yesterday. It's just defensively, can you clamp down? And more importantly, the shot selection. You got to be, as Gardo said, more aggressive. AJ Storr's got to be humming. Feed the hot hand and Klesman. Chucky Hepburn's got to step it up a little bit. And then there's Stephen Crowell. Crowell, who had one point against Nebraska, eight points. But he was in foul trouble yesterday. Need more of the big man.